Hi, Zilu. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Wild Chats, <laughs> your place for everything animals. We're doing a, a little fashion check. Apparently, uh, oh, okay, my collar is what you were trying to reference. So you guys are getting a little uh, before show, uh, <laughs> little bonus. We do the after show bonuses for the Patreon people, but uh, we don't do before show bonuses. Uh, <laughs> this is awesome. But uh, welcome to Wild Chats, your home for everything animals. I am Ryan. That is Maria. Um, <laughs> Maria, I know you're you're a pretty good singer. Uh, you guys may someday get a chance to hear her sing. Um, I don't know how that's going to work in, but hey, who knows? Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll sing here and there as I'm talking about something. Like right. I found that, like just here and there, I may just just randomly being lyrical. Okay. Um, but outside of music and singing, when either when you were younger or or as you you grew, do you have any other artistic talents? Dancing. Dancing. Okay. Anything in like the drawing, painting, sculpting, anything like? I have a story. A okay. story. Quick story. So when okay. I was a kid, I think I was in fifth grade, and okay. um, we had to do like they the teacher uh, gave us a like a little card like okay. a greeting card. And okay. uh, my job was to paint whatever was in the greeting card. And my greeting card had a bird. Okay. I spent the whole afternoon drawing the bird and it turned out beautiful. Of course, my opinion, fifth grade or whatever. Okay. But it turned out beautiful. Okay. So when I go to turn the assignment in, uh, a few hours later, the teacher calls me into a different room and asks me to draw it again. I took it as a, she loved it so much. She wants to see me doing it. Okay. I didn't realize she thought I was cheating. Okay. <laughs> so how, do you, was... <laughs> how do you cheat drawing? Would you like get the kid next to you to draw it for you? What, no, you... maybe because we took it home. Maybe somebody did it for me. Oh, like, you, you took it. Okay. I thought you were doing it. Mm, okay. I thought you were in class. I'm like, how do you? Like, it's not like you could look at someone else's paper and write down the answer. For a feather. <laughs> Hey, for a feather. No, that that was very funny because as a child, I thought she truly enjoyed my art and she wanted me to show yeah. her how I did it. Okay. Okay. I'm so glad I didn't think that uh that I didn't think that she thought I was cheating. Like I'm seriously glad that that I was yeah. so innocent. As a kid, you would hope that that's the thought process. But at the same time, like I guess as a teacher, yeah, you want to make sure the kids are doing what they're supposed to do. Um, but at the same time, it's, yeah, there's a little loss of innocence factor there. If you're like, I just got called out for cheating. People don't trust me. Human beings are evil. I mean, that could have gone bad. Yeah, I didn't. I, thank God I never went that far. Like my thought okay. process was like, everybody's nice. I have no issues with anything. I was a very normal, average okay. wild child. So. All right. So today's. <laughs> Today's podcast, what I wanted to do was I started coming across some really cool summer animals doing art and summer art of animals. Okay, so love it. It's a little bit of both. I just, I found some like really visually amazing videos that I just, I just thought were incredible. Um, you and I kind of know just enough about editing to kind of get a job done. Like there's certain... You kind of learn just what you need to know in order to do what you're doing. Exactly. Um, so I can't even begin to like think of the elements and aspects that went into creating some of these things. But to me, just absolutely visually amazing. And I wanted to share them with everybody. And uh, we can have some general fun animal conversations about them too. But this Let's was this. the first one that kind of was the... Uh, the impetus for the show, the, uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking catalyst. for. Catalyst. The catalyst. That the inspiration. The inspiration for the show was basically, like uh, was, that's the word I was looking for. But I came across this. Oh. I just thought it was amazing. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I guess I'm assuming they took like an ocean shot of the whales because the, their movements are natural. I don't think somebody created the whales. I'm assuming they took an ocean shot of the whale. I want to see that again. Let's see the fluidity of a movement. Yeah, cut them out of the background and then just added like portals and stuff. I don't know, but that's incredible, that portal. You can see at the beginning. 
but the smoke is even coming off of the whale as it swims through the portal. Now, to somebody else, this might be like, oh, yeah, that's from this video game. Or, oh, that's clearly this. The If you guys know where this is from, go ahead and, and write it in the uh, in the description or in the comments. Sorry. Um, but just to me, I, came, I was like, wow. And then I was trying to figure out what kind of whale that is. And I realized as, as often as we had done videos about whales in the past, I can't differentiate one whale from another. I'm like, well, maybe it's. Is that a humpback? It, I think that's that's going to be my guess was humpback. Yeah, it's a humpback. But like the bower whales or whatever have like a different neck and then like um, yes. blue whales have like more texture and stuff around like their mouths and stuff and their heads. But that was going to be I'm going to go with guess. the basic um, humpback whale that you okay. find in Hawaii around April. And they also travel uh, like through Dominican Republic. You may find them every once in a while, but they're trying to breed their calves in hawaii in uh april around april so if you want to go to hawaii and see the whales uh part of the rule is you have to stay about 100 feet away from okay. from them okay to respect them yeah i don't uh i know also their path takes them all the way down the coast so there's a time of year you can catch them in hawaii and there's a different time of year you can catch them like off costa rica and then there's a Colombia time and yeah, they go all the way October. down to Chile. Colombia, I think, is October. Yeah, on the Pacific side of the country, uh, mm -hmm. October is usually the time you'll find the whales. And I've always wanted to do that. I haven't had a chance. So hopefully, that could be one of our goals when we get a lot of uh, uh, subscribers and followers. Perhaps in Patreon, we can do it as a goal. That we'll just go to oh, yeah. the whales. Yeah, we're trying. If you guys have some ideas too, that'll be fun. So we we came across uh, another uh, a patron that was actually kind of doing like as they got. 500 subscribers they would do this special thing so maria and i were trying to come up with a list of like fun stuff we could do but then stuff that we can record for you guys so that way like we'll we can go to a zoo and maybe record a live episode or so yeah, yeah have an experience I, have an yeah. encounter so that we can be together you can see us interacting but also you can see what we're seeing and you can be part of it and that will be so exciting so that'll be a fun yeah. a fun choice we can, we can, when we get there, we'll start deciding. Yeah, I'm, I wanted to do African Safari or something, but I think it'll be fun too because I want the people to be able to like submit suggestions and then we can yeah. do polls and stuff so they can kind of like, if we did the African Safari, maybe people that have done it have ideas, but there's stuff that they want to see us go check out and things like that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Like that's, so it's, love, it's less love, about love. like a vacation for us and more about what do you guys want to see us go do within this environment? Because the point isn't really to reward us for the subscribers it's it's to kind of reward the community and then have like a specialty video so that'll be fun um yeah, so now we're starting to dream big and i love it as big as yeah. those whales yeah <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun because i was doing i was messaging somebody the other day and, and they had been to the coliseum in rome and that's on my like to-do list and i was trying to think of like because i was starting to type it's at the top of my to you know near the top of my to-do list i'm like what else is on my list like ahead of that uh -huh. Um, and I realized that I really want to go see the Northern lights. That's like one of the, the biggies that, that I want to go check out. And then in South America, I never really got a chance to tour all of South America, but if you go to the Atacama desert where it's like, doesn't rain at all, the sky is so clear, the amount of stars and stuff you can see, it almost just looks fake in videos and, and photos that I've seen. Love um, that. not great for animal stuff because there's not a ton of animals that can survive in those kind of climates well you um, have the snakes and the spiders and and the lizards but those are and maybe the gerbils the, ger gerbils. the gerbils oh yeah they got the desert they, yeah like most people don't realize this but hamsters like the the common hamster all of the pet hamsters we have in the united states are like derived from like one mother hamster like it's a syrian hamster that got brought over and they all spun out of, like yeah that one hamster it's like um, the Haas avocados like the Haas avocados was a guy whose last name was Haas. i think he was a uh a, a male person and um they couldn't identify the variety of this particular avocado but it was just so perfect that they started cutting sprouts out of it the tree unfortunately passed away because it was pretty old but there you go. Yeah, but they were able to take the clippings like you do with uh, grapes and stuff like that. So, and this will be, 
to me, it seems weird now, but back then I didn't know the difference. But if you're from the United States, for the most part, the only avocados you even know exist are Haas avocados. Yes. Um, once you kind of get out in the world a little bit, you realize that it's kind of, it's really an American and Mexico thing. Because when you get to South America and stuff, they've got like these smooth avocados and there's they like, four, yeah, and there are three or four different types of them. Like I thought there was yeah. one and then, but the thing about Haas avocados that make them so good is they have so much more flavor yes, than the other avocados. And the like, texture is creamier and, mm -hmm, and there's mm -hmm. depthness to it. So when you, even when you make a dessert from an avocado, there is a depthness to it, which sounds bizarre because you'll think, oh, you don't want any flavor. But this is one of those pleasant flavors. And if you let it ripen a little past its prime, then it tastes like flowers. And to me, it's just so fascinating. Okay, I'm the other way. I think it tastes mm -hmm. like flowers when it's not ripe enough. Ah, That's when it's still a little chunk. Because I like mine like mushy almost, like about to make guacamole. Okay. That's how I do my avocados usually. So, But then there's such a small window of like when, mm-hmm. But, Please don't squeeze right. the avocados, guys. This is not <laughs> PSA, PSA. Now that is my new uh, word. Okay. Uh, okay. Don't well, squeeze well, since avocados. We got we to tie. Yeah. <laughs> but we do need to tie back into animals here. But do you know how avocados even still exist? Yes. Thanks to the megafauna. Yes. The mega sloth, almost, basically. Yes. Go yes. ahead. Tell the story. No, you tell it. I was just kind of excited because of megaphone. <laughs> so back in prehistoric times, basically there was these gigantic sloths, and they're they're assuming that this is the animal that they're attributing it to, but just because of its migratory patterns and what it ate, it ate these things obviously, mm -hmm. and then got rid of these things because it would just eat them whole. But you have these, you, you can't. No animal today can spread the seed of an avocado. It's gigantic. A bird's not going to pick it up. Like there's not an animal that eats fruit that can spread that seed around. Yeah, which is, that again, will swallow it and spread it. Yeah, someone had to do the clippings and grow the trees. Like humans had to take over. But the only reason they still exist is just because of these mega sloths that used to eat them. And as they would trek along, they would get rid of the seeds. And uh, that's basically how avocados spread uh, to still be around today. So basically an avocado and an alligator have not only the same textured skin, but are almost about as old as one another, possibly. So. And they used to call them, avo avocados used to be called crocodile pear, wasn't it? Yeah, in, it was. In the it was UK. Yeah, they have the same texture, so that makes sense. Now, I never put those two. So my brain is really weird. I could come up with a lot of stuff off the top of my head and just randomly riff on things, but then my brain doesn't connect certain individual pieces of information. Um, <laughs> like Angel's Field used to be called Edison Field. And then there was the Edison Power Company and then companies advertise. I mean, it just seems like the simplest connection in the world. But I just remember one day my brain finally put those two pieces of, together and you're just like, I am the biggest idiot on the planet. How did I not think of it? I think this? it happens to everyone. <laughs> yeah. But it just... But they speaking were of association and things like that with the avocado, it used to be known as the alligator pear or crocodile pear. I don't remember mm -hmm. which of the crocodilian species, but they had to change the name because people were using avocados for baking, like making pies, like you make things with pears. Okay. And people were buying them and actually being completely disappointed that oh. it wasn't a pear. So they had to change the name to something. And they use uh, one of them, I think it's the Mexican word for, for, for a male. Okay, we'll skip that. Marie doesn't want to say it, and that'll say enough of it. Okay. And uh, so they use that word, and... <laughs> I know there's nothing wrong with it, like saying elbow, but again, just in case. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, I can't... And then uh, red. But favorite... anyway, going back to, to, uh, to whales, if you ever go to Alaska, go in July, because you will see the whales there. And you'll get to see the northern lights, too. So you get two for two there. Yeah, and then it's warm. So that's see, that's always the, the catch is you want to be warm. And I've never lived in even northern parts of the state. I know you spent a good amount of time in, in the northern parts of the U.S. And I know that there are times that the northern lights come down. Have you ever seen them? Yes, I've seen it on Lake Michigan. Like you could okay. go and see it on Lake Michigan. Muskegon is the furthest south lake where you can okay. see them. Uh, but it's not like you see in the movies where you see the greens and the 
Well, it's nothing that's you're, majestic. You're at the tail yeah. end of it, though. That's the thing. If you go more north, you see a lot more of the show. You're just getting, yeah. Yes, a winds of it. And it is still so beautiful because it's just so magical to see the sprinkling of like dusty lights mm -hmm. crossing the night sky. And you I only get to see that if you're sailing in the middle of the lake uh -huh. is where we got to see it. Oh, very nice. Very mm -hmm. nice. I've seen a, a photo of it from space, which is really cool. You're seeing the reverse view of it with the actual particles of the sun hitting the uh, the atmosphere from the reverse side of the ozone layer it is really, really cool. Like I bet he's fascinating. Absolutely like seeing a, fascinating. Yeah, it'd be the, like seeing a rainbow as a circle or something. You, just, you don't get to see mm -hmm. that reverse. I, was, I love I it. it. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to read the article, but I guess uh, like a couple days ago, they they there was a ball, there was a lightning strike, but it went the other way. So it actually almost, the lightning almost touched space. Because when it went off, it went from the clouds, but it went up instead of down. Um, and I didn't I get a chance to- I wonder do that. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to read the article on the science and stuff on it, but I was like, oh yeah, just those little things you don't think about. It's like lightning goes down. It, oh, wait. Yeah, lightning's not supposed to go up. Um, just seeing that reverse. Uh, yeah, I would love to do a little bit more research on the polarity of what will cause, because when you think of like uh, uh, Nikolai Tesla and his and his machines and stuff like that, there has to be an origin where it expands and there has to be a polarity to generate that wave of electricity to go from one side to the next. It makes you wonder what what's with going everything on with that's in orbit i mean i wouldn't be surprised if it was just attracted to a gigantic satellite or something like that and it just so happened good point good yeah. point i don't know i don't know um so back to uh, a little bit more uh animal s so i just thought that art was pretty cool and then as i came across as i was when you start looking for something you get to start like you know the internet's pretty good about giving you suggestions that are close to what it is that you were looking for um, so kind of in the same vein and the same kind of search, I came across this and it's one of those questions of like, since we're on the science kick for some reason on this episode, like if, if a fly is flying, but then the fly is inside of a train going hundred miles an hour, how fast is the fly actually going? If he's flying one mile an hour, but he's in a high speed train going, you know, there's that relative, relativistic speed concept. And I just never thought of being on a boat. Maybe this is a boat in Lake Michigan. Maybe this is the lake you were hanging out on. Do they, have, see. Ducks there? Do they have ducks, ducks were on this lake? Yes, a lot of mallards, uh, can, Canada okay. geese. Oh, yeah. Okay. How fun would this be, though? You're trucking along on your boat. And there's just a duck literally going as fast as your boat is going forward. And he's just gonna he's gonna park it on your hand a little bit. <laughs> he makes me wonder if they feel that they're a flock because no Ooh. bird in their rational mind will do that. Now I see a lot of sand dunes. Makes you wonder where they're at. Yeah, but I just I never I just never thought about it. Like you could be skydiving and basically going, I saw another clip like that, and like the bird is going as fast as a skydiver. And then the bird lands like on the the glider itself. So you see all these really interesting kind of pairings that you just wouldn't think about. I just, I don't know. I came across, I was like, wow, that's really interesting that. That is so beautiful. That is yeah. so beautiful. Mm -hmm. But that's, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Exactly what you're talking about. If they're part of the flock. <laughs> I don't, the yeah, birds. Because an, an animal will not allow you to touch them. And I think they're geese. Yeah. Uh, based on their necks and a little bit of, yeah, the neck. Uh, not an expert on geese by no means, but it's, it is fascinating to, to like realize, Ooh, just a little bit of length of a neck makes the difference between a good, uh, the size two between a geese, between geese, ducks, and the other species of geese that are around that are barnacle something. And there's yeah, just the so many, goose. many, many. Mm -hmm. But that's a goose too. Yeah. I don't, uh, I think that's fun. I, I, I don't know the difference on a lot of these things. Um, like we were talking, was it last episode or two episodes ago about uh, butterflies and moths? Yeah. And the, the easiest main difference is just butterflies come out during the day and moths come out at night. Um, but again, it just depends where you're from and what your perspectives are and stuff. Um, but coming back to the the artist, 
Um, some people, so I myself have always said I could not draw a stick figure to save my life. If, if somebody was like, I'm like, it's life or draw a stick figure. I'd probably forget the neck, like my artistic, <laughs> my artistic ability. Yeah, like, like this guy, he clearly forgot the neck. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this uh, chalk drawing of a polar bear on on the street is just absolutely amazing to me. Um, Beautiful. But at first, I thought he was really, really talented. I was like, okay, this this guy can draw. Like he he really knows what he's doing. And then as I started watching the video a little bit more, I started thinking to myself, or he's a witch. It's possibility that he's not a good artist. It's actually just witchcraft because, because as he's going along, somebody decides here to take a photo of his art. And I don't know if he's showing off with his powers or what he's doing, but all of a sudden... <laughs> <laughs> No wonder you kept stopping the 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 video. And I'm like, why is he stopping the video? Why does he keep stopping the video? I want to see the entire thing. How cool is that, though? I have no idea. Like, you see all of, like the TikToks and everything, where you know people like clap or they cover the camera and you change outfits and stuff like that. I was trying to break down this video, and there's never a point where the drawing is completely covered. So I'm but it wasn't like, covered. I think what happened here is they're perhaps not an expert. And again, no forensic uh, video. Um, uh oh, back to Maria's forensic video breakdown. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> if you look right around here, no, no. That's going right to be my next question. Where, would, where did this become a real bear? Well, you can actually see right there how can, exactly. there is a line. And it's a different bear. It's a different drawing because it's more 3D than his original drawing. Yes, and you can tell that all of a sudden they start uh, becoming. It's a darker fade darker. right there, I think, because now the yeah, front doesn't right have there, a curve. Because you can still see part of the bear in the back where the line is still there, where they're generating the the image. And I think what they did, who, not expert here, but the way I would do it if I were to do this. If I would have been smart and actually study, the, not theater, but like communication stuff like that, even though I study mm -hmm. biology out of pure pleasure, um, I would have started with the image of the reaction without the bear being painted. So you start from the, like they do it without the bear being painted, and then they know where the bear is at, and then do the drawing. Okay, so I was trying to figure out, so clearly this is a different texture type of drawing. Like this is very flat. This is. It's a 3D drawing, but it's pretty much yes. 2D. It's 2D. There you can really see the curb. I keep looking at the curb. That's the differentiator for me. Is that curb really is noticeable? Exactly. Now, as you come here and she goes to squat down and your head's kind of focused on something else, once his shoulder gets out of the way, it almost feels like he drew a different kind of drawing because you can still see the curb. But then I think what they did was they used a wipe, like when you change, when you change frames, how like one thing overtakes yeah. another thing is kind of how it looks to me because it ends up the drawing and then it's a wipe. Because if you look at the curb, you see the curb slowly start to disappear more and more going to the right. You yes, see, I see totally. Exactly. Boom, it the, just the, wiped and then disappeared. The people is the one that keeps the constant in the movement. Like you can see people walking, which leads me to believe the video was done first. Yeah. And then the animal. And also remember, they could green screen things. They can pop it out. Oh, yeah. And, I, mean, I just thought this is the was... magic of art. Oh. And when you talk of cinema, um, we've been watching the movies that made us. And it's just so much fun. When they were talking about Jurassic Park, how they had to come up with these animatronics that they were not thought of before. And then they started using yeah. computer animation. And that was the beginning of something incredible when it comes to the usage of animals and especially um, extinct animals. Yeah, I just- You can uh, tell he's actually not drawing. Like he's actually not drawing. Well, he's acting right there, more than, bear. Yeah, yeah. He's doing my version of drawing. Just, just fake it. Fake it. Well, yes, yeah, he exactly. completely is. I yeah, mean, he I'm does gonna a come in. It is an absolutely beautiful video. 
Uh, but he, like, if you really look at him drawing, he's not really drawing. <laughs> like, I'm going to squat down next to some really good art and I'll pretend like I'm finishing up. That that would be my, like, sand castle at the beach. I would just be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to pack this. There we go. Look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what the beauty of, uh, you know, using uh, editing programs is they will help you come up with things that are literally popping out of the screen. Like they were real, like that way you can like them and, and do things with and add animation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so on the, uh, on the movies that made us, don't watch the, the third. I think the third season is the last season. Just skip it. Just don't. don't Why? Watch. It's not very good. It's mostly like I, crappy. I, horror films or it's like films that just weren't really that impactful to begin with. I, most of them are kind of crappy horror films. There's not that much story behind them. I just, I don't know. I mean, I think I don't like horror movies. We talked about that, but, um, but they talk about, um, I forgot to get Elm street. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm street. <laughs> yeah. They had that one. And then they had two other horror movies and I didn't want to watch those, but they yeah, some the, pretty good ones. The first two seasons I thought were amazing of that series, but the third season I was like, eh, yeah. I agree. I agree. I but it is so fun when you have a chance to enter the mind of a creator and a writer oh, for sure. and a designer and how the serendipity for things to come together into place so that magic could happen mm -hmm. is just to me that is the most fascinating part of yeah. uh, creating something is is that is the magic of the art of creating yeah. an imagination which so, leads uh, very well with our conversation today of artistic renditions of critters yeah and and i thought it was only fair if we were going to talk about art on an animal channel that we actually got to give a little love to uh some animal artists i feel like that's only fair oh um, look at this guy no but so this clip's a little bit long everybody but you just have to watch the whole thing it just doesn't it just gets more and more impressive as you go along. Because it's like, oh, he's going to draw. Oh, he's drawing an elephant. That's cute. And then, but like, he starts to get some detail going. And like, it's really impressive. I'm like, impressed already. I couldn't even draw that good. And that's a, mm -hmm. that's an Asian elephant. Yeah. He looks pretty young. Orange he... hair. Yeah. Look how uh -huh. cute it is. They're the, they're the tiny elephants of the elephant clan. See, this well, is the thing. Unless, unless you talk about the uh, Java elephants. Like the pygmy Java elephants. Okay, of the full-size elephants, we, we, we won't uh, consider the pygmy Javas. See, this was the <laughs> thing that I couldn't get. I remember in art class, I got, we had to do like a 3D drawing and the teacher was trying to teach us how to do, so we had to do like a streetscape that, that kind of faded away from you. And I remember her showing us how to do it. And I actually got it. And I drew it. I just remember, like, that was the high point of my artistic, like, <laughs> like I was like, I just drew in 3D. This is amazing. And then I, I remember thinking, like, if I ever really wanted to tackle this, I, I think some people, as with most talents, some people innately just know how to do it and can see it. But drawing, it can be learned. Like, you can learn you the can. technique. It definitely and can be learned. Like that. And yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought that this guy was just so, just and not even being sarcastic, I could not do this. Like if I literally, no, I agree. Had the front leg, the way he moved the paw, like you almost feel the 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 muscle movement of the animal. But I like, like how the he, eye. Like, he gives so much like thicker lines for the top and the bottom, because he kind of uh -huh. knows that's where his skin is thick, basically, and he's drawing himself of his own perception. And then I think that's the other cool part is like artists kind of depict themselves in art and look at the pose that he picks trunks up in the air. Like that's a really happy elephant that he's drawing. That uh, is a very happy elephant. That's a very nice observation of the, of the trunk up as, mm -hmm. in, as in joy. And that is and then beautiful. And adds the little eye that just adds that extra little, I, I don't know. I just, just look at the tail. Like the tail even has a little split for like the I fur. Know. The <laughs> like I can't, I can't believe. And I think uh, there is actually a lot of uh, animals who will sell their art. And uh, I just think it's incredible that the owners are so dedicated to teach the animals how to do it. And hopefully the animal enjoys it too, because, you know, you want to well, make just, sure the animal enjoys the, the, the renditions. 
Yeah, I mean, elephants as a pet would be tough. That clearly is is probably at some kind of reserve or something. But I guess at some point in time, there there must have been a lot of elephant pets around the United States because I started poking around um, some of my my uh, fact word document that I love going through for some of my stuff, and I was really surprised how many elephant laws there were in the United States. I'm thinking to myself like. There's a lot of laws on the books that are old that don't get used anymore. But then you start thinking about like, sometimes you hear about laws that you're like, wait, why do you have a law against this? This animal can't do this thing. And it's like that animal only exists in Africa. Like it doesn't but even exist. You cannot exist write anymore. an elephant in Wisconsin. I'm making it up. I don't I, even know. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, here's, here's some fun ones then. So you're, you're here's some, because you're in Florida, you want to make sure the next time you're hanging out with your pet elephant, do not tether it to a parking meter because because the elephant by law is charged the same as a vehicle. So you better make sure if you leave your elephant, you put some coins in the machine or now I don't know if they just stick the ticket in his mouth and hope he doesn't eat it or just put it behind his ear. I don't know where the cop puts the parking. The came after because it used to be just coins. So right. going back right. to the age of that law, it probably was when you still put coins or, or paid somebody. Yes, no, no, what I'm saying is, okay, so you're thinking of the ticket. Pack it and remember. parking. Pack it I'm and not... parking. We talked about this last time. I don't remember one video, but I think it's animals causing havoc, and uh, we're talking about packing and parking. Yes. So here it comes back again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But see, but here's the thing. Okay, you're talking about the ticket you get when you, you park your car. I'm no, talking no. about the ticket the cop has to write you if you've overstayed the meter. Okay. What do you just put it in the elephant's mouth? <laughs> you imagine a cop writing a parking ticket and be like, "Hey, uh, hey, Dumbo, I'm gonna put this behind your ear. Hang on <laughs> to that till your till your owner gets back. All right, make sure you get that." Don't flap your ears to cool down. Don't flap your ears to cool down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes the ticket. <laughs> oh, make sure you don't have a license plate on your elephant so they don't know how to track you. Right. <laughs> There's another good question. The uh, the five foot seven elephant with the large spot on his behind. This was the elephant. That was I took the spot as his license plate. That's it. We got dot dash mole spot funny hair. Okay, that is the You know what's interesting also? I wonder if that law was created because the Ringling brothers were really big into the circus. The Ringling Brothers yeah. were literally uh, older animals and all their tents and all this stuff. Even if you go to their mansion, everything is around here in, okay. in, in Florida. And uh, I wonder if that law was created because several times something happened with somebody, one of those uh, people riding uh, their pachyderm around, you know, mm -hmm. they need to exercise too. So if you're going to take a horse out, why not take your pet lion and your <laughs> just make sure you're up on all of the pet line laws on your given state city and uh and territory yes you, you want to yes. make sure you don't uh feed your your pet lion or tiger past seven o'clock on the sabbath or something i'm sure there's some <laughs> i there's some weird laws there it's just hilarious but did okay do you i think you do know the answer to this but i think a lot of people just think it's cute when they see elephants kind of rolling around in the mud and stuff but you know the purpose of that right well there are a couple of reasons why elephants and other animals do it including pigs they do it not only for the nutritional value of some of the uh um of the clay okay they may get some of uh, the minerals but also it's a good sunblock okay and it gets as it dries out it removes dead skin, potential parasites, and it really is a great way to like exfoliate and maintain their skin in perfect condition. Just like we do face masks, face mm -hmm. masks with clay, they do it to detoxify as well. It's just, gotcha. it's actually a really good thing that animals do that because with pigs, they don't have sweat glands. So yeah. pigs actually do need to get in pig pens and really roll around dirt. So it's not because they're being dirty, they're actually being clean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I realized right after I asked you that question that, that basically it was an, you had an unfair advantage because I realized as soon as I asked it that the elephant fact video, if you guys want to talk about editing, if you guys want to have some fun, the first video Maria ever edited as she was learning to edit on YouTube <laughs> is on 
a channel called Undiscovered Worlds. And you go to the very first video, and it is an elephant facts video. This was Maria's learning how to uh, video edit. So all of this video forensic fun stuff that she does when she's trying to break down, the video got reversed, and then it got played fast forward, and that's how the the, the dog got on the dock. I think that was like one or two episodes ago that we were joking about. I think it was two episodes ago. Uh, and then breaking down that polar bear and all, all of these skills stem <laughs> from that very beginning of Maria doing this elephant fact video on the YouTube channel. And I forgot until right after I asked it that you basically already have this book of elephant knowledge thanks to that video. I wish I had the memory of an elephant, but the, the video focused more on the behavior of elephants. I remember taking a... Um, psychology class when I was doing my undergrad and it was psychology 101 and the mm -hmm. teacher wanted us to deal with what are psychological issues and I said look I'm not going to be a psychologist but I do want to study animal behavior and biology that like that's what I find passion so I actually did my my paper on the psychology of of grief of uh -huh. elephants and the whole thing was like it looked like a paper like it had the long title and everything mm -hmm. and it was it was fascinating the more I researched the more I realized that animals are just so incredible and elephants are even more so as they communicate through stomping and frequencies as they just they talk in ways that we cannot hear they have better cell phone signal than we do because of the wave in which they talk to one another yeah yeah no their communication is amazing there was uh we were talking uh, again in that episode a couple of days ago where, where the baby elephants and how they don't really know how to, they don't know how to walk very well and they don't know how to use their trunks and they trip over it. Some of the stuff that he didn't talk about in that was how, how they communicate and they learn how to use their trunks and their calls and, and the way that, that, that the whole pack, um, they really are amazing animals. I one of the, like most people want to like swim with dolphins and stuff. One of these days, if I get an opportunity and I have a video, it's coming up in, in the future and another video we're going to do, but I want to swim with an elephant. Oh, that would be like, so fascinating. That is on one of my like lists of things to do. Like it just, I saw a video of it. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And it was taken from underwater. So you're seeing the up angle of, and there's a guy swimming next to it. So you get like that size comparison and it was just absolutely gorgeous watching this. And they're elephant. amazing swimmers. Those guys are people are like, oh my gosh, we saw an elephant and we want to save it. Just let it be because uh -huh. they can swim beautifully. They can rest and just stick their their um, trunk. trunk out. Mm -hmm. They're going to be, they can swim longer and faster than anyone else. So just next time, if you ever encounter an elephant in the Pacific or Atlantic, just, just let it be. Mm -hmm. See, that makes me think of one of my favorite photos of, of uh, the Loch Ness Monster, where there's, <laughs> we'll post <laughs> we'll post this on all the, uh, I'm going to start calling them social posts. So from oh, now good. on, I'm going to just say, we'll put this in the social posts. So guys, what we're Love doing it. is at, kind of at the end of the shows, we kind of get together and we, what did we talk about that we couldn't show? I, I try to get things ready for you guys, but I can't get everything ready. So photos, well, we we're going to talk about conversations. We're going to post all that stuff after every show. It'll be on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're, there's a free section of Patreon we're using. You guys have to sign up for anything. You can just go there. We're trying to build the community. So, But in the uh, in the community posts, um, we need to put that photo because it's basically an elephant underwater. And at the top of his trunk is the face of the Loch Ness Monster. And <laughs> basically the joke is Loch Ness Monster is just an elephant that was walking on the bottom with this trunk above, just getting some air, and somebody mistook it. For... <laughs> so, yeah. especially in Northern Europe, when it's really, really cold, yes, they'll have a. a... <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I don't think okay. Scotland has too many elephants either, but it's probably more likely that it's an elephant. That not that I think that's what the Loch Ness monster is, but it's just some artist drew this in. It always <laughs> makes me laugh every time Going I see back it. Going to cryptids. Going back to cryptids. No, we, we spent the last two episodes on cryptids. We're not doing cryptids. <laughs> We're doing elephants that just happen to run into Loch Ness Monster. That's it. 
No more drinking. This is hilarious because this is the third time in a row that we no, go it's back. No, it's not. We're talking about elephants, Maria. I don't know what you're talking about. The cryptid <laughs> conversation. This is about elephants. You don't talk about like no, no, Loch Ness monsters. Elephants. <laughs> anyway, painting. <laughs> so. So that was the thing, as I was kind of doing research for the video, it seems like most of the animal artists are painters. Like there's, I mean, you name the animal and there is a painter. Like I, there's, there was whale painters and seal painters and elephants yeah. and dogs and everything. Um, but in searching for some more, I love painting, but I'm just jealous. So I wanted some other topics of stuff maybe I could do that animals <laughs> can do. <laughs> Instead of a, you're smarter than a fifth grader, you're like, I am better painter than a dog. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's it's I can't paint better than an animal. So I got to find other animal arts, basically, <laughs> is what it came down to. Um, oh. So <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and read it because I don't want to miss anything. I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, basically, they rigged a camera to a dog's heartbeat. And every time he got excited, the camera took a photo. Okay. So if a dog got kind of hyped up and usually you see the dog and his tail starts wagging and stuff, anytime that there's, I don't know if they put like a, a you know, something on him for his heartbeat, obviously, or, or a strap sure or something. Um, but every time, basically, it was an experiment that Nikon did. Um, and let's see, the camera was strapped to, the dog's name was Grizzler. Grizzler. Okay. Grizzler's chets and had a sensor that monitored the dog's heart rate. When Grizzler got excited by something he was seeing, his heart rate would inevitably rise. And whenever it did above 119 beats per minute, I don't know what the average heartbeat is for a dog. So I don't know. Well, how definitely excited. not 119. He had to be. No, clearly not. But if it's like 100, <laughs> if it's like 90, it's like he was mildly excited and it just took a photo of everything. He was like, ooh, chocolate. I think ooh, so. treat. It'll probably, it'll probably 119 is. Like you got excited. Okay. And then basically if it, it went above that level, the camera that was strapped to his chest uh, would take a photo. So I thought so that was probably a cool. cat or a bird, the owners. I don't know. You think, the, okay. Owner coming home or something like I haven't seen owner in a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would be Definitely interesting. A treat. I would like to see what like an average dog's heartbeat is and then kind of see what that range is and then try to think about what things would actually get him to that level. So say the base dog heartbeat is like 60. He'd have to get pretty I don't think excited. so. It'll have to be more than that. Okay. Uh, now we I exercise. To, I have to look it up now. Now yes, I want to know. Having, huh? Do it. Find out. I'm, because this is going a good a heartbeat for working out anyway. Average? Dog. If you're working out and it's 120, you know, you're a good pace. You, you, you. Small dogs and normal puppies. Okay, so this isn't good. Small dogs and puppies, but he wasn't small. He was like middle-sized. So small dogs and puppies, normal heart rate is 120 to 160 for small ones. So okay. so Peep's little uh, murmury, fluttery, enlarged heart is going 120 to 160. Uh, dogs over 30 pounds have heart rates of 60 to 120. You guessed it. Well, you and said then the larger the dog, the slower the heart rate normally. Yeah, so that's that makes not that. Sense. It's still not that. Like, so middle of the range would be ninety. So, how excited? Like, what would he be taking photos of? I, I could see like his favorite tree being enough to like get him from ninety to one twenty. Well, it depends also on the animal because some, like, if he's a puppy, they're more excitable. And well, no, hold on. They already measured 120. So it must have been a middle, larger size dog. It was. It was he like was a collie. I, it was a yeah. border collie. I think so. Uh, I saw okay. a photo. I think it was a border collie. So if he's a border collie, then he, if depends if where they live, then if he's a herder dog, which is what their jobs are meant to be, mm -hmm. maybe herding when they're working, they like jobs. I mean, animals need to have a purpose in life. And uh, especially dogs, and that's one of the issues most people have with their dogs, that their dog is misbehaving. Well, honey, the dog is bored. So if you see it in your show, it's because it's just bored. So I've never had a collie. 
Huh? Are collies calm dogs? I've never had one. And I don't haven't known someone that had. Are they pretty relaxed dogs? Or are they high strung dogs? No, no, they are not. They require exercise. They require an alpha type of personality to okay. to to keep them organized and like in shape because they're animals that are little. They like to have everybody uh, together, so they okay. actually get stressed out if if it's a family dog and and the you know one of the parents is somewhere and the children and someone else somewhere else they get actually stressed out they like to make sure everybody's together they can okay. see mm -hmm. they're a little bit of an excitable side of a dog but if you keep them working out like taking for runs and have them do a job then they they're really good but so they're not I'm, an elderly person kind of dog so so now i'm a little bit curious about so you remember um, one of our earlier videos where we had uh, the animals doing human jobs? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I want to remember, I don't remember if this guy was a collie. Now I'm kind of curious. Let's see. Which one? Oh, you're talking about the cattle? The, yeah. I think that was a collie. No, 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 not the cattle. Oh, the stream has been having, so it was the one where the dog was hurting the sheep and then he ran on the backs of the sheep. I thought it was a. I thought it was a um, a border collie or a shepherd. I think so. That's what I was trying to look up to see if it was a collie, but unfortunately, the video is not playing for some reason. I cannot uh, remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll just because it's hurting. It but the dog was so calm. Like he, he, yes, he ran on the backs of the sheep, but then he kind of calmly came down the side and then pinched them all in and kind of led them up the ramp. So, um, guys, unfortunately, if you want to see the clip, which was. It's actually really cool. I'll uh, have to go check out the uh, animals doing human jobs video because uh, for some reason the video won't play here. Um, yeah, but it is a beautiful little clip, and and it is fascinating how when a well-trained animal is doing its job, they can do a beautifully done job, and they can different whistles get them to move left or right, and and they they actually have amazing competitions of animal hurt hurt hurting animals okay and and uh it's just very fun so when you think of animals and art just in general what animal kind of pops into your mind first well i've seen a lot of dogs which i'm not saying they're going to be the best artist you will think a chimpanzee will do a better job okay but the luga whales are the ones that intrigue me the most and dolphins Okay. Are the ones who intrigue me the most just because I cannot imagine them trying to hold their bodies to grab a, a an instrument to be able to do their their paintings and things like that. Okay, so that's actually pieces of art, but like if before we started the video, I just kind of said, you know, in nature in general, who do you think the most artistic animal is? Ooh, spiders. Okay, spider webs and such. Yes, because it's not just only the design of the spider web. In fact, there are some spider webs, some spiders, I don't remember where, that their art is so intrinsic, so beautiful, so nicely done, that people have actually grabbed the spider web and used it as part of art because it's that beautiful. Mm -hmm. But it's not just the weaving. It's also each string has a frequency. So when, when an insect lands, then it produces a particular sound, oh. so the spider knows. They're constantly fixing it. Spider webs are so strong. It's just they use it now for, um, like, if there's a cut or something, they're now starting to do research on using it as dressing a wound. Or well, if they you're did, stuck they in did the that back in Rome. Pardon? They used spider webs back in Rome as actual, like, binding. I was just about to say that, yeah. yeah. If you're ever caught in the wilderness and you, you know, get caught, if you ever get caught in the wilderness and get caught, um, then you can use a spider web because the chances of allergy and stuff like that is going to be minimal and it will dress it up very nicely. Yeah. Have you seen like the, the ocean floor? I forget which animal does it, but like they make the designs in the sand on the ocean floor. Oh, it's a kind of fish. Yeah. Okay. It's a fish. I couldn't quite remember what it was, but there's, yeah, they have a, I mean, I, I've seen people do it with like colored sand and they do the art with the stick and stuff. And that's kind of what it reminded me of when I think of like the fish and they make the patterns and stuff. Yeah, is, it do, I can't remember is it a mating kind. thing? Do it's a know? mating thing. Okay. It's usually, it's usually most of the time an animal who will invest 
that much on designing something, it has to have a purpose. It's either for mating or hunting. See, but then our the last one I want to talk about, actually, they, they found out that that's not necessarily true. Because bowerbirds are really known for like making the very ornate nests and stuff. And it is, it's, it's a mating thing, but they found out that there there's different scenarios. Let me just read the article to you, but um, let's see to impress females. The males build a display made of collections of objects. They found um, trinkets, ribbons, glass, coins, photography. Um, interestingly though, the entirely, there's an entirely separate building for the nest and it's just for purely aesthetic purposes. Like what they're building isn't for mating. They found that there's, there are two separate artistic building processes. One's for mating and one is just for themselves. They essentially make collages out of stuff they find, but they don't weave it together in a way that makes that thing that attract the women that they actually just kind of set it about on the ground as a collage, almost more for themselves to enjoy um, by their nest. So it's almost like you leave your nest and you see your nice piece of art and then you go on with your day. So they did find that they actually make art just for art's sake. What kind of bird is this? The bower birds. Bowerbirds. I've never heard they're of really that famous one. for like their their nests and stuff that they create to attract. Are the ones that make the dropping type of thing like nests? They're like I yellow birds. No, I just know that they're definitely the most famous for like they they use every random piece of thing that's shiny and attractive uh, to the females to get them to come into their nest, basically. Okay, because like I know many birds not. use amazing structures and and things like that, but and many females like the finches, they're the ones who end up making the nest. I mean, there's some, it's just fascinating mm -hmm. how each species does their own thing. And there are, oops, sorry, I moved the table. <laughs> <laughs> earthquake in Florida, earthquake! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Well, guys, I hope everybody had a good time. I know that Maria and I did and always do. Uh, if you guys are catching us on uh, YouTube, please, yes, hit the subscribe button and the bell icon so you get notifications of our new episodes. And if you're catching us on a podcast, please uh, follow us, like, uh, give us the five-star rating if you guys are catching us on uh, Apple. And more than anything, guys, please leave us some comments. We love reading those. It gives us an idea of what you guys think. Um, it also helps us start building a community. Uh, like I said, we're going to start putting out the community posts for every episode of the things we talked about. So we'll have the uh, Loch Ness monster, um, <laughs> of the elephant on there. Uh, we'll try to find some of the bowerbird nests. Uh, so we can put a photo yes. of that. So you guys know what that looks like. Um, if I can get the, uh, the dog, uh, sheep herder clip to play, we'll post that there. Um, well, it's in the, it's in the animals. Doing the video, but we, can, we can throw it up too. Maybe we'll okay. see what happens. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and basically the things that we talk about in the show, the random questions we ask, they'll all be kind of there. So you guys can start commenting and, and giving us suggestions. We know stuff, but we don't know everything. So uh, we love hearing your guys' stories about your experiences, or maybe you had a, a border collie and, and your experience with them. Um, that's the fun part for us is just the building the community aspect and getting that interaction. Um Maria and I can talk to each other for four or five hours on the phone about any given topic. So it's more fun for us to hear other people's perspectives and their stories and we get to learn. And, and that's really the fun part for us. So uh, yes, please guys too. leave the comments and uh, again, hope you enjoyed the show and we will see you guys 